This is episode number 91 with Shalene Johnson. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I love you guys. And uh, it means a lot to me that you are a subscriber, that you follow the podcast. We are on episode number 91, almost to 100. And uh, in this episode, I have got a new friend of mine. Her name is Miss Shalene Johnson on. She's a New York Times bestselling author. She's a world record holder for infomercials in the fitness space, and she's just an incredible human being. We cover a lot of different stories about her life and how she's got to where she is, starting off in the fitness space, then growing to the business space, having the family, the husband, the everything included, and how to have it all. We talk about it all in today's episode, and uh, I did a workout with her recently, and she kicked my butt in her, her, her garage uh, gym and just had a lot of fun with her. So I'm excited to introduce you guys to her because she's an incredible person, and I think you'll get a lot out of this episode. And without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this episode with the one and only Shalene Johnson. With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite, and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com com slash greatness netsuite.com slash greatness again head to netsuite.com slash greatness welcome back everyone to the school of greatness super pumped today got a new friend on miss shailene johnson what's up shailene what's up i guess mrs is not miss because you're yeah. married right so i don't know i just filled out a form and i put ms i'm not sure Ms. Why. 
<laughs> I'm like, well, why am I a Miz? <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. I've been married for 19 years. Yeah. And uh, I got to meet your incredible husband. Yeah. And we got to connect earlier this week in Laguna at your place at the most incredible garage gym I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Thanks. I was so inspired. I'm like putting pictures of it in my vision board to have uh. that when I actually get a home and not uh, just bounce around from place all over the world. But Yeah, I had Pinterest boards all over for that gym. Did you? Yeah. It's literally like the coolest gym ever. I'll post a picture in the show notes. It's got like huge speakers and uh, spinning bikes and chains and battling ropes. And <laughs> it's like a ballet room with mirrors. And then it's like this CrossFit room. It's really cool. Yeah. So what inspired you to create that in the first place? Like in having your own home and not go to a gym? Because you said you used to have gym memberships, right? Yeah, I um, well, fitness is my drug. It's it's also you know how a lot of people know me, but it was just kind of by accident because I never intended to be in the fitness space. But I I love it, and it is truly my drug. It's and for a lot of reasons, I have made the best friends in the world <laughs> somehow related to fitness. You know, like or they. It's like all my closest friends have this passion for um, just sweating. And and so I used to go to the gym and I don't know, I guess because of my industry, I also felt like I was also working sometimes at the gym. People would be like, hey, I was wondering, can I ask you if fill in the blank? And um, I like to do weird things and do headstands and and uh, I just would travel and visit gyms and I would say, wow, I want green turf like that and I want a big tire like that and I want chains like that. And, and I just kept creating these boards on Pinterest and once we... Uh, kind of changed directions of our business, we created it. That's so cool. I love it. Now, you are known as like the infomercial, uh, fitness infomercial, like queen, basically. I think, <laughs> I think I read somewhere that you have the world record for the most infomercials or something like that. Is that true? Yeah. I have the, the world record holder for the most uh, fitness videos. The most fitness videos. And, I know. That's so bizarre. And I was actually just watching. I've never seen any of your videos. So I just was watching, I was like on YouTube because my uh, my assistant's like, oh, you're going to see Shailene? I used to do Turbo Jam back in the day with these <laughs> like weights on my hands or something. And I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I guess I just don't, uh, it's just not my target audience, right? You're, I'm sure. not your target audience, but I, uh, I started watching your videos uh, just before this and I was like, these oh, are no. incredible. I was How like, old were they? I'm embarrassed. Uh, there's one that says, what is Turbo Jam? And I was like, oh, I, I was, so it's a really good video actually. I was like, Thanks. what? I was like, I want to do kickboxing workouts. So I was like, this is cool. Um, so what, um, so the, and you know, what's funny is I hold the world's record for being in the most fitness videos. But when I first thought that I wanted to teach fitness classes, I couldn't get hired really? because I was so bad wow. and I knew it was bad, but I, I knew that I loved it and I knew I could learn to be good, but I also knew I was bad. What were you bad at? Was it actual like the I, technique? I, was I, it the, I guess it was everything because I would go on auditions and they would go, oh, you kind of like, you know, pat me on top of the head like, oh, you sweet thing. Um, oh you, you don't hear the beat and you don't cue well. And, uh, you know, the, the choreography didn't flow. And I was just like, oh, but I love it. I, I want to be good at this. <laughs> okay. So you... You, you started doing auditions for fitness videos. Why did you start doing them? No, in the first place? dude, I'm not even talking for videos. I couldn't get a job at the gym for $12. Really? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. To no, be like an instructor, you mean? Totally. Ah, so you were doing auditions to be an instructor at gyms. Yeah, I was working as a paralegal and I just, I just wanted to do that in the evenings because wow. it was fun. 
And I had to work so hard just to get hired. And I just set a goal for myself to, to be great at it and to take other great instructors locally in, in Southern California and to learn from them. And I think in the process of just trying to get hired to teach a class, I really honed in my skills. And, and that's mm. kind of how I ended up in, in videos. Wow. And so you were doing, you, you got, you became an instructor at a gym mm -hmm. locally in Southern California somewhere first. Mm -hmm. And then how, when, how did you get your first video opportunity? Uh, well, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur. So I, I, you know, was kind of a serial entrepreneur. And once I got hired to teach, I realized, gosh, I'm working full time. And then I'm, I'm, during the day, I, you're a paralegal during the day, right? Yes. And then I, I have this thing that I love, but man, I'm not, it's a, it's a losing cause. It was so expensive to teach because you'd have to buy music and have it back then have a DJ cut it up for you. And then you'd have to practice your routines and make sure they work. And really, and just hours worth of all these things to be good enough here in Southern California, just to have a class that I would spend like five and six hours to prepare for a one hour class. And you're only and making like 50 bucks a class or something, right? Not even. Really? I, mean, I was, I was, I think when I started, I was like maybe just above minimum wage. Wow. And there's like what, 10, 20 people in a class, more or less? Oh, you know, here it's different. So there would be like 50 to 100 people in the class. Um, but it was, I knew it was a losing cause. And I, you know, like all things, I thought, well, there's, there's a solution here. And my mom used to teach jazzercise when I was. Mm -hmm. Uh, growing up. And I thought, you know, that model was so easy for her. I remember she would be shipped the choreography, the music, the routine. I'm business minded. This would solve a problem for me. I'm going to create a little routine and music and uh, hopefully other instructors will find that useful and, and that it will solve a problem for them. And and it turned into a multi-million dollar business. Wow. So that's what created Turbo Jam or was that a, something afterwards? That created a certification company where I was okay. certifying fitness instructors and we started an apparel company that caught the attention of infomercial companies. Um, mm. It was because it was right about Tybo, Windsor Pilates sure. time. And uh, so everyone was looking for the next health club program. And and so we, we did, um, Turbo Jam was my first infomercial that went to number one. Uh, so that was my first taste of working with consumers, which I love working with consumers. Wow. But working with instructors really prepared me for that because um, because they're like me. They're they're finicky. We don't make <laughs> a lot of money. We do it because we love it. And so working with customers who you know were very demanding and didn't have deep pockets prepared me to del over deliver. Mm, interesting. Wow. I love yeah. this. So what does it mean to be number one, like the number one infomercial? Is that during a, a certain time period? Is that an amount of sales? Is that the amount of times it's being run? What does that mean? Yeah, it's it's a number of sales. Um, gotcha. Yeah, and there's lots of different metrics. Uh, it's number of sales and, and view. It's the number of times people are seeing it. Mm. Uh, there's all kinds of metrics that go into it, but it's a tough space to make it in yeah. now just because of TV. Sure, sure. And so you... After a, how many years were you doing infomercials for? I think say? I started in 2006. You know, that when you first just said, um, what does it mean to be number one infomercial? You know, the first thought that popped in my head was there is no place but down. Like, <laughs> that's a scary thing. You know, mm. when you're number one, you're like, there's, there, I can't go up from here. You I can only go down. Or stay there. Or stay there, which is that's tough, tough to do. Yeah. yeah. So 2006 is when you started. Mm-hmm. 
and then it was around for four or five years or something until it started to go down or? Uh, no, you know, infomercials, I think that one lasted for about two years. I mean, it still runs from time to time. Turbo Jam wow. still is still a very popular program. But it um, then my second program was Shaleen Extreme. Mm, and that was. Thanks. I. Um, <laughs> That was bizarre. Uh, yeah. So Shaleen Extreme was my second program. And that was a real learning lesson because it was not a number one hit. And that was, really? that was, that was rough. So you're expecting to come out. You're on top. You're like, I'm going to come out with another one. And it's going to be an automatic hit because I yeah. know people love me and I'm incredible. Yeah. So let's just make it number one right away. And it, what, it flopped or it was just kind of average? No, it flopped. I mean, what you know, I Turbo Jam was number one and I, I just didn't put much into it other than just this is what it is here we go and I thought okay now I now I can see the possibilities and I'm I'm gonna take everything off my plate and I'm gonna step outside of my business and really focus on this next program Shalene Extreme and it's gonna be a movement and we're gonna teach women that they need to lift heavy to change their bodies and not mm. to be afraid of lifting heavy and you won't bulk up and and I'm gonna dispel the myths and um, that didn't go so well why not it just didn't work on TV. You know, we had these mm. big weights and at the same time, you know, most celebrities were saying, you know, just take your arms out to the side and twist them back and forth like you're screwing <laughs> in imaginary light bulbs and that will build muscle, which we all know it doesn't. Uh, but that that didn't appeal to consumers. The consumers weren't ready for that message yet. Mm. And so Beachbody is an amazing company. Any other company, if I had signed with any of the other five suitors, who wanted to sign us, um, it would have been one test and you're done. They invest a million dollars. They, they, they roll out a show. And if after two or three weekends, it's not resonating with consumers, they dump it and they move on to the next. Well, Beachbody tested it for over a year. And every Monday morning I would, you know, cross my fingers and get that phone call from product development, hoping that they would say, okay, we've got a little glimmer of hope because they can keep tweaking the show. They can move this testimonial here and they can shift the offer and we can show, you know, less of you doing this and more of you doing that. And week after week after week, they just kept pouring money into it. And week after week after week, I just felt like more of a disappointment to people. It was rough. It's really a lesson. Were they so Turbo Jam? Was that through Beachbody, or was that yourself that produced it? Uh, Tur- Turbo Jam, I did with Beachbody. They were my partner on that. They eventually, um, we also did Turbo Fire, which also ended up being a number one um, infomercial hit. So I was like, oh, okay, okay. So, <laughs> but again, it didn't last for nearly as long as Turbo Jam. And by then, I'd already learned my lesson that I need to. Um, I, I need to develop something that really is where I have more control because mm-hmm. that's a partnership. And then we also sold our certification company as well as our apparel company to Beachbody. So we're still partners. Sure. But you wanted to diversify. I wanted I wanted my own business that wasn't as um, tied to fitness. Gotcha. Because I've always felt that fitness was kind of I accidentally stumbled into it. <laughs> well, you accidentally did extremely well, it sounds like. <laughs> Um, I mean, it says on your site that you sold over 10 million DVDs. Yeah. And I mean, to think about that, that, you know, it's a, it's a big number, but just to think about it, 10 million different people took out their credit card and bought something of yours. That's like, that doesn't, I don't care if you have a business partner or if you've got someone running it with you or whatever it may be like people, 
so many people will never get to that point. And it's an incredible achievement and it's incredible to understand that you, whatever you were doing, it was working. Um, now it sounds like you want to try to copy that and continue doing it, which you have been in doing your own business, right? You know, the blessing from doing fitness, which there's, there was a moment in time where I tried to separate myself from that identity because, you know, why? I, I guess because you think of like an aerobics girl and my degree was in justice, morality and constitutional democracy and <laughs> and I was an entrepreneur and I just didn't feel, I thought, well, maybe people don't know there's more to me than spandex. And so I would try to really separate myself from that identity. And then I realized what an incredible blessing it was to be invited into people's homes and to mm-hmm. be along the the ride with them on this journey of transformation and to be with them, like be there with them and help them every single day that I couldn't turn away from it. I had to totally embrace it and realize that's what I want to do is help people transform their lives with a business or understanding their priorities and goals. And it all relates. Yeah. And we were talking about this when we were hanging out is it's really, you do this with every part of your business. It's like you bring them in one way, but really it's kind of like a Trojan horse to give them everything else they really need and what they yeah. really, what they really want. But the, the hook may be, let's help you lose 10 pounds, but then it's like, let's work on your self-worth and your confidence and this and this, which is what they really need to lose the 10 pounds as well. Right. It's so true. It's and, amazing the amount of money people will spend on their bodies and and how little thought we give to like our relationships yeah. or our happiness, you know. Right, right. And let's talk about I want to I want to stay on this for a moment, but since mm-hmm. we just mentioned relationships, uh you've been married for how long now? I think 19 years. Think. Doesn't every woman <laughs> I, know they're like married dated, right? I know. <laughs> I, know. I, I have to ask him how old I am usually. I'm like, how old am I again? <laughs> Well, you've got the energy of a 15-year-old. So, Thanks. Uh, you know, literally when we were working out, I, I had the excuse of saying I was on little sleep and <laughs> not feeling well. And I actually almost didn't show up because I was like, I feel like crap right now. But I stuck it through. And I'm like, how is this woman smiling the whole workout, oh. screaming at everyone and doing the workout herself? I was like, this is insane how much energy you have and how much passion you have working out, it's, it definitely shows through your energy. So, um, what's it like working with your husband, uh, and working, you know, in a marriage, what's that like working on a business together and being married and raising, you have two children, uh, Mm -hmm. and you know, doing it all. What's that like? I would call it fun, but I, you know, you've worked out with me. You, you see that I, I find challenging things fun. Like, (laughs) you know, people will comment on my videos when I'm exercising. They're like, who smiles when they work out? I'm like, I am elf. Like the movie, (laughs) when I'm exercising, I feel like elf, like, you know, world's greatest coffee. Smiling is my favorite. It just sends off endorphins for me when I'm being challenged and pushed and it's not easy to work together as partners, but I love it. And I Mm. strongly encourage people, even if they aren't in the same business, like, you know, even if you're completely separate businesses and one's an entrepreneur, maybe you're both, you know, in corporate America that you have these opposite strengths in almost every good relationship and to learn to tap into them as opposed to trying to you know, change your partner, but to like really honor their strengths because it's probably where you're weak that you just, you just 
I don't know. You feel unstoppable. Mm. Now, when did you guys start actually working together? Was was he working with you on the the fitness infomercial business as well, or did it more start transitioning when you started your own business? It was um, uh, it was a difficult transition. It's one of the things that we coach um, couples who are you know one of them's an entrepreneur now, anyways, because it was not easy. We he had a full time job and he's a man, and it's his job to provide. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in his mind and. And I had this kind of um, trendy, if you will, business model where I was certifying instructors in a format that might go out of style. And I ne- I knew I needed him. I, I wasn't good at running um, the management of the business, the numbers, the um, searching for a, uh, a better rate on DVDs or on replication and the, the systems, organization. Yeah. Everything, yeah. The, the shipping, operation. the process. Yeah. And so we would, and, and then the things that I did want to do, he didn't understand why I was spending that money, but he wasn't in the business yet. So it was like from afar, he'd say like, why are you, why do you need to do that? And, <laughs> right. and so it was a difficult transition. Eventually he quit his job. We went to work together full time in an industry. You know, he's a football player. Yeah. He's a coach. And, um, he was working at the time with a friend who owned a business. He was just helping him dispatch, but suddenly stepped into my world where I'm the face of the brand and it's fitness and it's women. And, and it felt very foreign to him at that time. And he'll tell you himself that he, you know, you, you have the, all the self doubt. Like, I, I don't know what they're talking about, but I do know that I can get a better price on this order. If we ordered 500 versus 200. Sure. And that's just where he started. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. 
too. In person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Now, I'm curious about this. Brett, you know, it seems like an awesome guy. I really enjoyed connecting with him and look forward to connecting with him more. But I could only imagine for me what it would be like stepping out of a role of working where I was working before and then having this powerhouse wife who's just like, you know, in the homes of tens of millions of people and all of a sudden trying to jump in her industry. Mm. I could only imagine what that would feel like, you know, um, again, as like a provider or wanting to be the provider. Yeah. Was that complicated? Like, for him trying to jump in or were you got was it did it challenge the marriage yeah. at all was there stress was there did it absolutely did you, did you guys have conversations maybe we should keep everything separate with our business and our life we never did that he the one thing i will say about most former athletes is they're competitive it doesn't matter yes. what it is you know yes. it's like and so he immediately tapped into his competitive nature which was kind of fun and so he like always wanted to talk about it um and but it was a struggle because early on there was this, you're not my boss and you're not my boss and I don't work for you. And, and we did marriage counseling. I will openly share that because I encourage people to do it because you, you know, you go to a dentist to have your teeth fixed. Why not go to an expert to help you navigate these things? You know, we all have these childhood experiences that affect the way we let everything today affect us. And we, we bring that forward with us. So it's great that we were both on board and we often will see a marriage counselor just, you know, to have that third party. Yeah, totally. And I, you know, in that environment, I learned that I was saying things that were hurtful to him. Like I would say, um, well, my business or one of the things I did in my business, but it was our business. Mm. So I had to learn new terminology and he had to learn to, um, you know, tell me when I, there were things that upset him and, and kind of f- find a softer way of um, disagreeing. Sure. And it's been a learning process, but so rewarding. Yeah. So rewarding. Because with that language, it probably sounds like, you know, if I was in his shoes, it probably sound like we were competing against each other as opposed to being on the same team if it's your business and or whatever, right? Well, yeah, or so that one person, you know, I I don't know, maybe people will disagree with me, but I think there is something to our biological nature where the man wants to provide and to protect. Of course. And you're not feeling that if wifey is like, you know, wagging her finger in your face and telling you what to do and being the boss. And bringing in the bacon. Yeah. So I had to, you know, I read every book that I could on on how to make him feel like a million bucks so that he I could bring out the best in him for our marriage, mm. for our business and to learn to, um, you know, because I, I can be bossy pants, you know. <laughs> so really? I had to like <laughs> roll that back a little bit. This is interesting. I think this is actually really valuable to talk about for a moment with in regards to women in relationships that want to start their own business or that want to continue to uh, achieve higher goals financially or in a company, whatever it may be. I feel like some women, I've heard conversations of some women who feel like when they're in a relationship, they don't want to continue to get uh, higher status in their company or be successful because they feel like that it's putting a man underneath them or they feel like they're, I don't know the right terminology, but basically 
not allowing the man to feel as powerful and as strong as he should be or something. Yeah, and I think it's honoring your relationships. Even in some cases where I've heard, you know, men, the way they refer to their wives when they're home managing the household and the children and just the terminology that we mm. use can can either be hurtful or helpful. Yeah, transformation is definitely in the language and what yeah. we speak and how we speak into it. So what do you, what do you recommendations do you have for women who want to be successful, that want to honor their... Uh, self-worth and want to continue to grow to achieve higher goals and whatever it is they're in, mm -hmm. in a relationship. Um, and maybe they're feeling like they can't continue to be successful if it's going to be more successful than their man. What, what, what advice would you give or thoughts or feedback would you give? I'll just put it out there. I haven't met somebody in that mind frame, but I've met way too many women who are on the brink of divorce or recently divorced and, and men too, where there was a shift in power. Mm. Like they, when they came together, this person was a breadwinner and then they start the secondary business. And perhaps it's because I work with entrepreneurs where there's a right. shift in change in power, which changes the dynamic of the relationship and it doesn't need to. And then I, I will find that they, they just don't quite know how to navigate that. And then the success becomes almost addictive and they make the success seem more important than the relationship. Yeah. And not intentionally. I just think that happens accidentally. Um, but it can be avoided. It, it's true even when sometimes when I'll see one partner losing a lot of weight and the other partner um, starts to sabotage and 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 say mean things or mm. or or just do things that aren't supportive or whatever right yeah and that comes from a place of fear yeah insecurity I, and fear right yeah you fear that you're going to lose that special place in your partner's life so what should that person do when they start to feel that fear that they're going to lose something this is my opinion if your relationship is more important than your bank account then I wake up every day and I say, how can I make my husband feel important, valued, respected, um, noticed, appreciated, adored, honored? And if I do that, I'm, I, I choose better words. I'm more careful about the timing of when I talk to certain you know, things with him based on, you know, his stress level and what he's got going on. Um, and I, I just had to learn it's not all about me. Wow. A lot of women can listen to that lesson there. <laughs> like, I don't know if people watch reality TV. I'm completely obsessed with it. Just, <laughs> I know, you know, don't judge me, but I just love some good train wreck Drama. TV. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to watch uh, Bethany on um, uh -huh. New York Housewives when she was, her business was just taking off. She had all these businesses and I could see that that was happening. Suddenly her husband was now the secondary bread earner or be, was almost becoming her assistant. And Ooh. I could see all of these dynamics happening on TV. I'm like, let me help them. Let <laughs> me help them. And she, you know, I, I, I really believe I could have saved that marriage. Wow. What would you have, what would you have uh, advised her on? I would said. advise her to uh, man it down a little bit. You know, she was she was just. I it, I hope she's listening. I really felt like she was making him feel like this was hers, and she was the all and powerful. And um, you could just feel his self worth getting lower and lower and lower each episode. And I know she wasn't doing it intentionally. She just wasn't aware of how important it was for him to feel mm. like a provider. Yeah, and I'll definitely um, you know speak into that. That as a man, or at least I'll speak about myself. The mm -hmm. the thing that I want the most in a relationship is to feel acknowledged, seen, 
and like I can like respected. That's really mm -hmm. it. And taken care of just like have, uh, you know, emotionally taken care of. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty simple. But if, when that's taken away or when that's not there, then I don't feel I don't feel seen and loved and respected. I, it's it gets really challenging to, to communicate and to have a relationship and want to create something with another person. And it's funny you talked about uh, words and using words because I, I believe my uh, my it's so hard for me to say girlfriend. I would always say <laughs> special lady friend. But Jen, who you met, uh, she uh, says that she has all... Said, wait a second. Who says special lady friend? I say that. Like your grandpa says that like until you're married. I think it's actually more endearing okay. than girlfriend. That's like some teenage, you know, thing or whatever. So I don't know. I say my, my, my exclusive special lady friend. Okay. <laughs> no. Girlfriend. Girlfriend, sure. But she says that she actually has an alarm that pops up once a day on her phone, not just for, you know, our relationship, but she's had this for a while that says something like, uh, words matter or choose your words wisely or something like that. Where she, for all of her relationships to realize that they actually do matter yeah. and to not put people down and, or be sarcastic if it's not the appropriate thing. And I think that's important to, to really be aware of. I'm working on it. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I know I have because I'm opinionated and, and I'm mm. only opinionated because I, I love you and I see your greatness. And so I might, I sometimes get mad when I see people like selling themselves short or calling themselves insecure or labeling themselves a certain way. And sometimes that, that passion that I have comes across the wrong way. So I'm really working on, mm. on staying calm and not being so pushy and, and using gent gentler, is there more gentle sure. words? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Now you're from you're from the Midwest, correct? Michigan. I know it's it's just a shame that you're from Michigan because I'm from Ohio. But uh, well, I, I won't hold it against you. All right. Um, but what I'm curious about is because you're you know <clears throat> the thing I love about you. We've only hung out for a little bit, but I can read energy pretty well. The mm -hmm. thing about you that I love is I feel like even though you have this big energy, you're very grounded as well, and it's nice to be around people that are grounded and I, I, I say it's cause we're from the Midwest, but, mm. um, do you have any daily rituals, like something you do every morning, um, or every night or throughout the day that you practice to support you and getting to where you want to be? I know you're very focused and driven and motivated mm -hmm. in achieving your goals, but what are some things you do daily, uh, to support that? Oh my gosh. I have a lot of daily habits. Spill um, it. Let's hear it. Sure. Number number one is I uh, work out at 5.30 a.m. Wow. Uh, number two is when I drive into my driveway, I create my to-do list and then to-do list for like three other people. I told you I was bossy. <laughs> and then- Wait, so you create a to-do list for other people to do for themselves or to support you? To support me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So people like, on your team, you're like, I need you to do these three things. Yeah. You know, I hired a personal assistant for myself and my husband many, many years ago. And I always assumed that an assistant would um, be able to read your mind and know everything you need to do each day. And I, you know, we just had this really simple system. We use Awesome Note as an app. It syncs to Evernote for all of us. And Kristen, my, um, I call her my life manager. My, she's my boss. And I just put like, you know, 10 things I need done that day that relate not to our business, but it's like personal stuff. Like, yeah. you know, call and get someone to give us an estimate on the landscaping, um, you know, double check and see if there's any birthdays upcoming, that sort of thing. I finished my to-do list and then I, um, I have an app in case I forget reminder to start my day with scripture. Huh. So then, um, from there, 
I guess throughout the day, you know, I've got a couple of other rituals. I try to only work from 11 until three because that's where I'm creative. Yep. I try to be done by the time my kids are home, although now they're teenagers. So it's like I'm home sometimes. I'm like, where are they? (laughs) Right. And then I always am reminding myself myself that, you know, you ain't all that. Mm. You know, I, I, I don't mean that in an insecure way. Like I you just have to know that the person who is blowing the leaves in front of your home is just as valuable Mm -hmm. as you are. And, and I think that people, I don't know if they forget it or if it's fear, but they mistreat others. And I, I don't like that. That's also the Midwest values. I think we're raised to really, you know, have conversations with everyone and be supportive and, you know, totally agree. Friendly to our neighbor. You know, yeah. I, me- I remember growing up in a small town of Delaware, Ohio, and we never locked our doors to mm-hmm. to the home. Mm-hmm. And my dad just never did it. And we never, you know, whether that was ignorant or if it was, you know, right. trusting, I don't know. But uh, I don't think they do it now, but it's just like, it's what we did. So yeah, that's interesting. I like the, are there any other rituals? Is there anything you do before you go to, to sleep? Um, it's just really important to connect with my family. That's mm. a really important ritual. I, uh, you know, I, I really think it's important that you set what I call personal policies and that you check them all the time to see, okay, where have I fallen off? Cause you pick up these new habits and new interests. Like, you know, I'm like totally obsessed with podcasts now. <laughs> so, if, so if I'm obsessed with something, that means that's consuming more of my time and my energy period. I mean, so it's a zero sum. I've, if I'm allowing that to consume more of my time and my energy and my focus, then I have to scrape something else off my plate. And that doesn't happen by chance. I actually have to look at everything that I do in all areas of my life and say, okay, if, if this is what I'm interested in right now, what am I willing to give up? Mm. Cause you can't do it all. Right. So some, so you might be really interested in podcasts for this year, but eventually mm-hmm. maybe you're not interested or you find a new interest that you want to start tackling. Then you may have to cut back on some podcasts or something else is what you're saying. I do. And I give myself permission because I think so many of us feel like, oh no, I can't let go of that because everyone else is still there or still doing this or mm. they're, you know, and I just give myself seasons. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing in the Midwest. We have those. We don't yeah, have the, we have, have those in Los in Los Angeles or Southern California. Do you miss it? Totally. Oh, God, it's the best. Right? And you know what I also miss? I miss that you don't know if the guy sitting next to you in the restaurant who drove up in a beat up seventy four Lincoln, if he's a millionaire right. <laughs> right. or a farmer. Like you just, you know, it's just because they don't they don't care about uh you know appearances. They that don't. Much. Yeah, like showing off. You it's know, so true. I mean. There were so many people I knew in Ohio uh, as I was getting into the business world who always they always drove like 1995 cars, like older cars that were just average used cars. Yeah. Um, And you never really they were never wearing big watches or anything. Mm -hmm. It was just like relaxed. Yeah. Lewis, uh, you're that way. I, I told, you know, Brett, after we spent some time with you, I go, that's one of the first people I've ever met who knows everyone. You you don't name drop. You don't like hold up your resume. And I think it's always so cool when I find out cool things about people from someone other than them. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. That's why, well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Hopefully yep. I can continue to stay humble uh, my whole yeah. life yep. and make sure to slap me if I ever start uh, name okay. dropping. Okay, please. I have to jump to do it. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm definitely not perfect. And my ego has taken over many times in the past. So, yeah. um, but I appreciate that. So I like this, uh, 
this app because I've got an assistant as well who is incredible. I call her my life manager also. It's funny yeah. we call them the same thing. But what was the app you mentioned? I use, use Awesome Awesome Note and it syncs with Evernote. Awesome Note. So what she has like uh, access to your notes as well. She just looks at it every day. Is that what happens? Or? So what she does is your um, your team downloads Evernote. And yeah. actually, um, if you're all on the same cloud, you could all download Awesome Note. But my assistant and um, a few other virtual people that I work with, they download Evernote on their phone. And then anytime I update a file, uh, which is a to-do list on, on Awesome Note, on, on Awesome, awesome Note, Note, it updates Evernote. Jeez, okay. Yeah, in real time. Okay, cool. I like that. I'll link that up in the show notes. Um, yeah. Very cool. What What is up next with you? What's your, because you've kind of transitioned out of the, oh, actually, let me ask you about this before you go into that. Because you built this audience. The only way you could really get in front of an audience before was through the infomercial space. You were getting in front of right. people's eyeballs on TVs every Fitness. day. Mm -hmm. And... Now that you've transitioned out of that being a primary thing, you said it's on there sometimes for Turbo Jam, but it's not yours anymore. You sold mm -hmm. that to Beachbody, correct? Mm -hmm. So what has it been like transitioning from getting in front of people that way into now into social media? Because you have a very large, engaged, and active mm -hmm. following uh, all over the place, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube. What's it been like for your business? How's the transition been? building your own audience, I guess. Rewarding. That's yeah. the one word I think of. It's just incredibly rewarding. So fun. It's it's a process that I encourage everyone to think about for their lives. We always worry about like, you know, what I'm doing now, what I'm going to be doing next. And I think if, you know, you just are always solving your own problems and then looking over your shoulder to tell whoever's right behind you, hey, here's how I just did this. Make sure, you know, mm -hmm. I, I hope that can help you um, avoid stepping in this ditch and twisting your ankle. And, and that's how I see my career and the people that I serve. I call them lifers because we're in this together. We're all going through the same things. I might be a couple of steps ahead, uh, like a park ranger, but I'm, I'm in there with you and I'm just mm -hmm. a couple of steps ahead. They're growing up with me. Most of my my now fans that I serve are, are my customers or what I call my lifers have grown up. They started with the transition of a physical transition, like changing their bodies and feeling strong and feeling empowered. And then that turns into an interest in personal development and being better and being nicer and being patient and learning that there's so much more we can be and, and how when you help other people, it just, everything comes back to you tenfold. And, and as I learned that, and as I've been humbled and shared that with my, my tribe, my lifers, they, they're growing up in that process and becoming entrepreneurs and learning more about internet marketing and whatever I learn next, I'm just going to share with them. Mm. And what is the thing that you, what's your vision moving forward? For yourself, my, for your business, yes, for your, for the world? I, right now, my vision is to teach people to do less. <laughs> Yeah. My vision is to teach people how to have better relationships. I know it sounds weird. Uh, I'm not a relationship expert, but I do believe there's a way to teach people what I call a new style of entrepreneurship. See, I grew up in a household where my dad was an entrepreneur and he did everything himself. He cut out little pieces of paper and glued them onto a big giant piece of paper and that was his ad for the newspaper and <laughs> and you know he drove the truck and he loaded the truck and he he did everything himself and when i first 
started my businesses, I um, believed I was supposed to do everything myself. That sounds exhausting. Yeah, it was. It's terrible. Wow. It was a prison. It was a prison to do it all and, yourself and to raise two kids and to have an amazing marriage and you know yeah that you can't you just you you can't and and uh, something has to suffer something has to give and so I I want to help people understand a if you align your priorities um, in a, in such a way that puts people first and everything else second. That's, that's just step one and it makes everything make more sense. You know, sometimes people, they'll wake up and they're like, I don't know why I'm unhappy. I drive this amazing car. I live in this amazing home. I've got, I've got all this stuff. Why am I not happy? You know? Mm -hmm. And I think it boils down to two things. Number one, dealing with your stuff from your past. (laughs) And number two is, um, making sure that your value doesn't come from external things but the way you treat people. Not necessarily to say that you shouldn't have or deserve to get what you want externally. Right. And create uh, the, the reality of the visions you have for yourself of what you want. If you want a bigger home, if you want to have you know an ocean view, if you want to have whatever it may be, yeah. that's not wrong either. No. Uh, or bad by any means, because I think a lot of people put... Uh, bad and money together mm, mm. and uh no money helps me to take care of people money allows me to do things that i wouldn't otherwise be able to do and just help people and 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 to it listen money makes things awfully convenient sometimes yeah but it doesn't or make confusing more val- or confusing if you allow it to be yeah but it i just always have to remind myself it doesn't make me more important and it's that's true it doesn't make me um, it doesn't solve happiness. It doesn't make you happy. It doesn't make make automatically give you a great relationship. Yeah. Because those things we all have to do uh, no matter what. I mean, it just doesn't happen when you make money. I mean, I know, and I'm sure you do too, people who just have these giant corporations and all these employees. I'm like, I would rather have a gun to my head. That doesn't <laughs> sound, <laughs> that's not my definition of success. My yeah. definition of success is to wake up and to do what I love to do when I want to do it with the people who I want to do it with. Yeah. And do less of the busy work. Yeah. And so for how how many years were you in this prison, this mindset of I need to do everything myself? Um, and when did you finally wake up to the fact that, well, I, something's got to shift because all these things aren't working in my life with this mm-hmm. mentality? It was a gradual process. I mean, I'd love to make it sound like there's, you know, this one day. Sure. Um, but there were moments where I was like, okay, this is, you know, smacking me in the face. <laughs> I remember one run, being on a run with my husband, Brett. We like to work out together and he doesn't like to run, uh, but I make him run with me because we have these like really deep conversations when we run. Mm. And I just, I remember being on that run and I couldn't breathe because I was crying while we were running. And I just said, I, I can't keep this up. I can't do this. But honey, I don't know what to do. I'm in every video. I'm on every DVD. I'm, I'm in all, I'm everything. And how, how do I, how do I ever make this end? <laughs> and, you know, the only thing I could do was just walk away from it. And he, he just said, well, we'll when, when we get back home, we'll sit down with a piece of paper and a pencil, Shalene, and we'll we'll come up with a plan. And we did, and it took about four years to do it. And we couldn't tell anyone what we were doing because I didn't want to jeopardize anyone's belief 
in what it was, we created this tribe. And, um, but we slowly, slowly removed me from the forefront and lifted other people up. And I put other amazing instructors who were much better than me in the videos and I made them the stars. And I, and I started turning things over to people who I just assumed no one could do this the way Mm. I do it. And then I just would find after, yeah, they don't do it like you want them to at first, but eventually they do it like a lot better than you. Mm. And it took time. It did take time, but it happened. Right. It's it's almost like you eventually started to become your own beach body by finding experts to create products around and promoting them. That's essentially what they did with you, right? You were an expert that they yeah. promoted and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and uh you know, it I just wanted to say to anyone who's listening that anything and everything is possible with a plan and a plan is no more complicated than a sharpened number two pencil and you sitting down spending 10 minutes Mm -hmm. brainstorming and that's what we did we just sat down we said okay how how do we get out from under this and we said what what would we want our our life to look like what would we want our day to look like how many people would we want to manage what would make us feel fulfilled and happy and what would we wake up every day and go this is an amazing life and and what do we hate about our lives right now and how could we change that and how long will that take and and what would that process look like and we just in no particular order just brainstormed and brainstormed mm. and brainstormed and then we executed i like that with a lot of the students i work with uh, the entrepreneurs i have them do a it's what's called my perfect day exercise first. Mm. And I say, if you could have anything you wanted, write out in in detail, um, but kind of also in broad terms, what your perfect day would look like. And it could mm-hmm. it's obviously going to change. It's not going to be the same day right. every day. But if you could have whatever you wanted to be, what would it look like mm-hmm. in broad terms? And then on the second part of the exercise, I have them write out, okay, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, write out every 30 to 60 minutes what you're going to be doing and with mm-hmm. your time. And then look it over and see if that works for you. And if it doesn't, then sh- shift it around. Yeah, but that's you gotta a great write, exercise. You, you got to write it out. Otherwise, you're just going to be responding to whatever life gives you. Lewis, what you just said is so basic, but people forget that critical step of writing it down. They're like, I thought it through. It's, it's not the same. You yeah. literally have to write it down. Exactly. What has been? I know we're gonna. I've got a few more questions. You got to mm-hmm. head off to your your son's varsity football game, first game yeah. of the season, ah. um, which is gonna be awesome. He's gonna rock it. Mm-hmm. Um, what you've had a lot of success, and you're gonna continue to be successful, and you're transitioning into the business world. You've got two podcasts that are in the top ten of iTunes right now. One's called the Shailene Show. The other one's called Build Your Tribe. Yes. Um, and they're they're both awesome. I started diving into the Shailene show and I told you that I, I don't even listen to podcasts ever. <laughs> I don't listen to my own. I don't That's listen to crazy. other people's. But yours inspired me to like, because I drove home from Laguna. It was like an hour and 15 minutes. Uh-huh. And so I was like, all right, let me listen to this. And I was like, whoa, this is actually really good. Let me Thank you. Let me download some more and maybe check out a few other shows. Wow. Um, so you're, you've been transitioning into the business world. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you've been really successful in the past. What is the biggest fear moving forward for you with this new transition and with what you're up to in life? I don't have I don't have fear about the future. I maybe I should. I um, I have a very strong faith, so I I know even if it's uncomfortable, it's happening for a reason. I 
I don't mind failure. I've I've learned so much, and I they you know what they do? They make for great stories yeah. when you have these like really embarrassing failures. And I've had a lot of them, and they're kind of fun because you get out from underneath it, you dust yourself off, and you go, "That was pretty funny," and I live to tell, and I'm going to be better for it. Yeah. Okay. So I, I guess I, I don't have fear. So you're not I'm like, afraid I'm of just, Okay. I'm not, I'm not afraid. And I, gosh, I have to give credit to my parents because they just, you know, they, they put this confidence in us where we could try anything. And my parents had us try everything. The one thing I didn't learn from my parents, Marge and Bill, who are still together. In fact, they're here visiting me today. Wow. Um, is I, I, I never learned focus, how to just stick to one thing. Mm. So I had to learn that after, after college. And that made a pretty big difference. Right. Did you ever think that your life would come to where it is now? Like you would be doing 10 million DVD sales uh, or sell 10 million uh, DVDs, which mm -hmm. is more than $10 million. Um, and that you would be, mm -hmm. you know, world record and in infomercials, number one, building these huge audiences, having millions of people all over the world following your, your fitness tips, your relationship tips, your business strategies. You've got all these mm -hmm business courses now that are bestsellers. You speak in front of thousands of people. You do yoga. You've got a new, it's called Pio, right? Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've got this Pio program that I see on Instagram with thousands mm -hmm. of people doing it with you. Did you ever see yourself when you're back in college doing the paralegal stuff uh, or after college that this would be your life, like that this was possible for you, that you could have it all uh, in terms of business, success, uh, relationship success, family, everything. Did you ever envision mm. this or did you not even think this was possible for you? Lewis, I think you, the humble answer is to say, I just never imagined any of this was possible. <laughs> you know, that, that's the humble answer. The, the, the real honest, answer. The real answer is I don't think it can happen unless you can see it, even if it's really fuzzy. I, I didn't know what exactly I would be doing, but I knew I would be helping people. I knew I would be teaching. I knew somehow it would have something to do with music and dance and making pay people feel good. And I loved business. I didn't know the shape that it would take, but I could see it in a fuzzy, you know, distant view. And I believe you have to be able to see it, but not clearly. You just have to be able to see it remotely in the distance in order for it to be possible. You weren't even getting hired for twenty bucks uh, a class mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. from gyms, uh, and everyone was rejecting you. Could you still see this as a possibility when no one even said you were good enough to do one nope. class? No, I didn't see this. I saw something else. I so with that, I always knew that I always knew I can create a business because I've been doing it since I was thirteen. So I never worried about what it was going to be. Um, I just always chase my passion, like whatever it is I'm passionate about. I try to figure out where there's a problem or a hole and solve that. And then I, I just know no matter what that is, it will always, um, serve other people. And because of that, it will, um, take care of me financially. Mm. Was there a defining moment growing up or <laughs> things that you came across, uh, that made you so passionate about being, uh, creating this type of lifestyle and, and uh, generating this type of results in your business. You know, for me, a lot of successful people, friends that I know, or just people that I hear about, they usually come from some type of experience or multiple experiences where they felt whatever it may be less than or not worthy or not accepted or the, the, the youngest uh, always having to like fight their mm -hmm. way up. Yeah. Was there something yeah. about your experience that 
made you so driven and committed to your vision no matter what? Yeah. Uh, or are you just a positive, happy person <laughs> in your whole life? And No, I think everyone, like you said, if, if you ask enough questions and you actually listen, you can find, you can kind of peel back the onion and figure out where that comes from. For me, uh, it was an experience which had a negative effect and a positive effect. Mm. I think our challenges can do that for us. When I was in the fourth grade, my dad owned a, a, a company where he would liquidate large department stores when they went out of business and he would buy the, the goods inside as well as the fixtures. And we, he would go into Detroit and go into the bankruptcy courts and it was extremely competitive and a little shady, I guess. And they were really young, my parents and my dad, I remember had spent his last dollar, um, acquiring the Robert Hall's department stores. And it was like this, you know, I could just tell it was a feather in his cap and they'd spent their last dollar of savings to to do this and all of the goods and materials were moved into these giant warehouses in downtown Detroit and um, uh, about a day after acquiring them somebody set fire to the building to the warehouse and I remember my dad at that point had already taught me a lot about you know earning money and, and, and doing things around the neighborhood and starting little businesses. So I had a little savings account and my dad brought me into his office. And I remember distinctly sitting down in his sticky brown, big leather chair with these big arms and him leaning forward. And he was holding my little bank account book. And I know this was meant to be a positive teaching moment, but he said in the most reassuring of ways Shalene, your mother and I have had a fire and I'm going to borrow this money from you and I want to show you how much money we're going to borrow and I'm going to pay you back with interest and here's how we're going to pay you back. And they did that. And I know it was intended to be a positive teaching moment for me, but as a child, I didn't realize until therapy later that what that did was make me believe that I wasn't valuable unless I could earn money for people, mm. unless, unless I could be the provider. Oh, and in, from the fourth grade on, I, n- I never asked for lunch money. I bought my own clothes. I bought my own car I, because I felt I wouldn't be important or valuable or worthy. They never said that. And that's just how kids are. They they take messages and they they put whatever meaning to it they they want to. And I I later had to untangle that that message in my own brain. And it was the only thing that saved me from continuing down the path of workaholicism. Wow. If I hadn't gone to therapy to figure out why it was I couldn't stop, I would still <laughs> be on that um, hamster wheel. Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. so you felt like an or, only if you had money or making money uh, that you could support other people with, then you'd feel then you'd be loved by other people or Correct. be accepted. Yeah, or, all va- those or, or yeah, or a value. But I didn't, I didn't know it. I would sure. just wear this badge of honor, like I'm a workaholic, and you right. know, I'm proud. And right, right. and I, in fact, I didn't even think about that event until sure. I went. My husband insisted, like you know, you're going to go talk to somebody about this because Shalina, you're always saying like when this is over when this is over, when mm. this is done. And, and I don't believe you. And I said, well, I'll go talk to, you know, I'm, we're both big believers in going to speak to a therapist. So I went to a therapist and I'm like, <laughs> I'm here just because I am pretty, <laughs> pretty perfect. And uh, gosh, the only thing I can think of is I'm a workaholic and 
boom, I did a little bit of EMDR therapy, EMDR, and uh, like, boom, like immediately, that was the first thought that I had. I was suddenly, I hadn't had that thought. I hadn't even remembered that moment Mm. until I suddenly connected the dots. Yeah, and I think there's, I think that's, you know, true with a lot of people that they suppress or we suppress certain experiences or moments that we don't even think or realize that we're really impactful to the decisions we're making now. Mm-hmm. And uh, if something's not working in your life, then there's probably, it's probably an instance of you holding on to something in the past that you're not even aware of. So I definitely recommend, uh, you know, trying, checking something out, whether it's yeah. what you did or whatever, having to going to a therapist first yes. and, and uh, just allowing yourself to experience experiences and talk about experiences that may or may not have been uh, holding you back, but that you won't ever know until you start discussing it. Don't be afraid of it. It will only make you better. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. I like it. Well, I'm going to wrap it up with two final questions, but I want to make sure everyone goes to shalinejohnson.com. That's your main website. Yeah. And uh, subscribe to our newsletter. Check around. I mean, I... Since I found out about you, I've now follow you everywhere because it's just fun <laughs> to catch up with all the different stuff you're doing. You're everywhere. And so go follow her on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. That's kind of the main places I think you, you're yeah. you're putting stuff out there. But subscribe to the podcast, The Thank Shailene you. Show. It's one of the top 10 in iTunes right now. It's really cool. And then if uh, you want to learn more about the business and marketing and social mm-hmm. media side of things and check out Build Your Tribe which is her other show, which is also in the top 20, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. So um, last two questions. One is, what are you most grateful for recently? I Gosh, I, I, I am so grateful for people in my life who will um, speak to me and ask me questions so that I know they have my best interests and, and will help me think through decisions before I make bad ones. I'm, I'm thankful that I have people in my life who care enough about me to share their opinion. Mm. And the final question, which I ask everyone, is what is your definition of greatness? Oh, shoot. You know, we talked about this, my husband <laughs> and I. Um, my definition of greatness is just to be fully um, I, I think people who have greatness are obsessed with just being a better person. I think that's greatness. And you can see greatness in sports and athletics and, and in business. But I think greatness in all of those areas comes when somebody just wants to be better. Shailene, I acknowledge you for the big game that you're playing mm-hmm. in the world for uh, your commitment to transformation in, yeah. in people's lives for your dedication, for your vision, for uh, your unwavering confidence in terms of going through the process to make something better in your business, in your life, in your relationships. And uh, your commitment is incredibly inspiring. So I acknowledge you for all the things you're up to and uh, for being, for the most important thing, being an incredible mother. Aww. So um, that's the ultimate compliment. You know, that's the only time someone's ever said that in a podcast. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> well, it's true. I think uh, you know, just being in your home and and seeing what you're up to mm. and the the love that you have in mm. your space, I can only imagine what it would be like growing up as uh, you know in your family. So, uh. I, I I acknowledge you for all those incredible things that you uh, 
that you are. So thanks. thank you. Thanks. Yeah. You're a big teddy bear. I love you. <laughs> oh, you're awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. And, Such an uh, honor. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thanks so much, Shalene, for coming on. And if you did like this, then go ahead and post over on Facebook, on Twitter, and leave a comment over at lewishouse.com slash 91. We've got all the show notes over there, the links, the videos, the images of me working out in Shalene's gym over there also. And make sure to follow Shalene over on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. She's got a huge following on Facebook and on Instagram. So go ahead and check out her videos, her fitness tips, and all that other good stuff that she has. You guys know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Save big money on protecting your garden. Now at Menards. Messina's Animal Stopper is a liquid repellent that prevents pesky animals from damaging your garden. Available in a convenient, ready-to-use bottle. It lasts for up to 30 days, regardless of weather and watering. Save big money on Messina's Animal Stopper at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals happening now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S.